0: So I've been talking about prayer and its importance on Sunday mornings, and uh, I had no idea all this would happen this year. Most people didn't. God kind of hid it from us. Uh, uh, back in October, I was praying, and, and uh, God spoke to me that there was something big that was coming that would change our nation. I had no idea it would be this. So I've been talking about prayer, and I think it's a really important subject. D.L. Moody said this. It's more important. D.L. Moody was an evangelist at the end of the, of the 1800s. I think he died in 1900. And he was quite an evangelist, Uh, uh, um, Moody Bible Institute. Uh, uh, There's a church in Chicago, Illinois, with his name. And and, uh, uh, anyway, he's a wonderful man of God. He said, it's more important to learn to pray than to gain a college education. So I heard that years and years ago. And what it told me was, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how smart you are. There are things coming in life that are beyond your control or ability to change, and without something beyond you, without a person beyond, without a connection with someone that can help you, you'll be at a tremendous disadvantage. Is that true? And how many have found that to be true in your life? The longer you live, the, the, the more you see that's absolutely 100% true. So for me, you know, the years that I've lived, I've seen now the most important thing for me is... To keep a connection with God. Because I don't care where I am in the world or what circumstance I find myself in. If I've got a relationship with Him where He hears me, understands me, and I can understand Him and we can communicate, I'm going to be okay. How many hear me? So um, we're talking about prayer. And I think this is lesson number 13. And uh, so I'm not going to it's all on the website, go to victorychurchraleigh.com, everything I said before is there, we've talked about the reasons for prayer, we've talked about Jesus' prayer life, we've talked about uh, being detailed in, in how you uh, pray and talk to the Lord about your personal life, and then for the last number of weeks we've talked about different kinds of prayer, just, just to summarize quickly, Ephesians six eighteen New International Version, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And then it says this, with all kinds of prayers and requests. They're different kinds of prayer. And often what we do is we think, well, just prayer is prayer. And we just try to pray the same way, you know, about every situation. And that's not how prayer is. And an illustration years ago I got was, you know, prayer sort of like sports, which how many are looking forward to watching a ball game again. You know, a baseball game or whatever, you know. I like to watch tennis and, you know, hardly anything's going on right now. But nonetheless, you know, you got different rules for different sports. You got basketball, football, baseball, soccer, tennis, etc. Well, what if you tried to play baseball with football rules? It wouldn't work. And that's what people are trying to do with prayer. So there are rules, and we don't want to make it this lawful thing, but if you understand there's some guidance in how we pray, then it can cause prayer to be effective. What I found in my life, I've said this in the past, but most people pray, and when I was in my mid-twenties, I had a job at a large church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I did all the counseling for the pastor, the senior pastor of the church, and uh, when I had, I had an intake form, I had people fill out. And on the intake form, I just had some simple questions, you know, their name and such. And then, then I asked them a couple of questions, uh, which uh, on the surface seemed quite light, but they really revealed a lot. Uh, first one was, do you pray? And then another one was, do you read your Bible every day? Now, you know what I found out? Most everybody, I don't care if they went to church or not, most people, do you pray? Yes. Most people pray. Now, being effective in prayer is one thing, right? Praying is one thing, being effective is quite another. So I found that most people pray, but, but they often don't know how to be effective in prayer. So I'm just trying to help you help us be effective. So we've talked about the prayer of faith, which is a prayer for yourself. We've talked about the prayer of consecration, where you relinquish personal control of your life to the Lord. We've talked about all these in the past. They're on the website. The video, the audio is there. All my notes are there. And while I'm speaking, let me always say this. My notes are available. If you go to our website, first thing you'll see is notes right there. You click on notes. And what I'm saying is right there in note form. And you can watch it, uh, look at it, and go along with me. And then see what we've said in the past. The prayer of supplication is generally a prayer for others. The prayer of uh, intercession is taking someone else's place in prayer. The prayer of agreement is when you need a faith boost and you need somebody else just to kind of shore up. If you're lifting weights, if you're a weightlifter and sometimes you get a little more, you bot off a little more you can chew, sure is good to have somebody spotting you and watching so they can grab your arms before you kill yourself, right? So, so the prayer of agreement, when you just need a little help. The prayer of worship is focusing our life on God. United praying brings tremendous power. We've talked about all these in the past. And then two weeks ago, how many appreciate Joshua ministering last week? He did a great job. It's not easy preaching to, uh, to seats with pictures on them. But he did last week. Thank you, Joshua. So, uh, And it's good to have you here. It's weird having people in front of me preaching today. This is really strange. <laughs> a good kind of strange. Nonetheless, two weeks ago, I talked about another kind of praying that I was introduced to when I was 18, almost 18 years old, praying in the Spirit. And I mentioned this two weeks ago, September 12th, 1976, at 7.20 in the evening, it was a Sunday, I was at a church service and I received what my mother received the year before. I attended a Baptist church all of my life. But I, but my, and my mother as a Baptist lady, a Baptist Sunday school teacher was having a prayer meeting in a Baptist lady's home and they received what the book of Acts calls the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now that's where you're immersed in the Holy Spirit. He comes on your life in a tremendous way with power. My mother changed. That was in February of 1975, September of 1976, almost a year and a half later. Uh, I received the baptism with the Holy Spirit like my mother did in a church, and it changed my entire life. Jeez, I gave my life back to Jesus. I repented of my sinful activities. And then uh, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit that Sunday night in, uh, in 1976. And, uh, you know, that experience revolutionized how I live my life and revolutionized who Jesus is to me. What you'll find with the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a boldness will come on your life like you've never had before. How many have experienced that? A boldness, an understanding of the Word will come like you've never had it before. Second Corinthians 2.14, the natural man, the man that's not influenced by the Holy Spirit, doesn't understand the things of God. Scripture says they're foolishness to him. Neither can he know or understand them because they're spiritually understood. How many know it takes the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, to reveal the Bible to you? Well, when he comes in in fullness with a baptism with the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's a whole new ballgame, friends. And that happened to me in 1976. Absolutely revolutionized Me as a young man. And then the third thing that happens with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it comes with a a new way to pray. And that's praying in the Spirit or praying with the unknown tongue. Now, I did the math a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not going to do that again today, but I've spent every day since September 12th, 1976. Think how many days that is. It's over almost 16,000 if you do the math. That's a lot of days. I'm a young man. And you know what? I do it every day. I prayed in the Spirit every day. And it's revolutionized my prayer life. As a young man, my my mother taught me to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. My soul to creep. When I was a kid, you know, from from that little book we had. And then I learned to pray over my food. God is great. God is good. Well, thank God I progressed from that. And then when I, came, when I came to the Lord when I was almost 18, I, you know, I didn't know how to pray. So in, the ch- in church, we prayed the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you know what Jesus prayed there in Matthew chapter 6. And, and then when I got filled with the Spirit, I just wanted, I wanted to go further in my prayer life. I said, well, God, you know, you gave me a mind. I'm not sure how intelligent I am, but I do have a mind. I can think. And then you're an intelligent being. I should be able to communicate with you, but sometimes I don't know what to say. Have you had that happen to you? And then when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit enabled me to talk in, to God in a language that only God understands, it revolutionized my life. And thats I've, I've spent my entire adult, adult life being a person who's a believer, who's baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's made a tremendous Tremendous change in uh, in life and it's it's revolutionized who I am and it revolutionized my prayer life. So uh, I spent last time, that's two weeks ago that I was here, talking about 10 benefits of praying in the Spirit. I got through the first three. So can we finish today? Let's see what we can do in the few minutes we have left. There's 10 things that I want to share with you about praying in the Spirit that will enhance your personal prayer life how many know it's one thing to pray with your mind it's another thing to have the holy spirit help you in prayer and i mentioned this two weeks ago when my kids were young and now we've got one uh, i think it's in the backyard isn't it uh, a kiddie pool uh susan bought a kiddie pool for the grandkids and you know what are they a foot and a half deep or so and you know uh how, how big around is it four feet or so and you know you can put enough water in there and put a little uh a little toddler in there he splashes around has a good time right well uh praying with your understandings like praying in a kiddie pool right or or, or uh, you've been to the ocean and you've been to the beach and you've jumped in the water that's a great big ocean of water man how many gallons of water is that nobody can count it well praying praying with my mind is praying in a kiddie pool Praying in the spirit is praying in God's great big ocean of knowledge. which, which one do you think is better? Yeah, right? So, so praying in the spirit, it's a tremendous way to pray. It's God helping us pray about things that we don't know to pray about. I've got ten things about it uh, last time. I'll just go through this quickly. I covered three of these. First one is it's God's will. For every believer to pray in the Spirit or to pray with the unknown tongue that's received with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. How many believe that? It's not just for a select few. It's for everybody. I talked about it last time. I won't go into it this week. Look at, Go listen to the audio if you didn't hear it or watch the video. Number two, uh, praying in the Spirit helps unseat the control, the unrenewed mind exerts over the spiritual life. Most of us are mental instead of spiritual. And it should be that God uses our minds for His glory. Too many times our minds control us and lead us in thoughts and feelings and circumstances and lead us away from the Lord. Yes or no? In fact, you can be so educated that you educate God right out of your life. And how many know that happens to a lot of people? They get so educated and nothing wrong with higher learning, and nothing wrong with the degrees. But you know, if you worship the degree and that's all you have, you're going to you're going to have a deficit in life. And so being baptized with the Holy Spirit, being able to pray in the Spirit, what does that do? One thing it does, it unseats the control the natural mind has over your life. The Bible says we're to be led by the Holy Spirit, yes or no? And if we're led by the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say things to you and ask you to do things that your mind says, I don't want to do that right now. I'm not feeling that right now. I don't want to go there right now. But he's saying, do it, do it, do it. That's happened to me so many times in life that it didn't make sense. But because he said it inside, I had to tell my mind to be quiet. Have you ever had to do that? If you've never told your mind to be quiet, your mind's controlling you. And again, there's nothing wrong with having an educated mind. But there's another thing for your mind to be in charge and you be in charge instead of letting the Lord be in charge. Yes or no? So again, it helps unseat the control the unrenewed mind has over your, uh, exerts over your spiritual life. Number three, praying in the Spirit provides a way for you to pray about things that you don't know about. And I took some time last time to talk about that. You know, we don't know much about our future. We don't know how our life's going to end. We don't know all the paths that life is going to bring. We don't know all of the circumstances that are going to come up. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. Nobody can tell you what the economy's going to do. Nobody can tell you what it's going to be like to travel. People can't tell you what it's going to be like a year from now. We just don't know. Nobody can prognosticate that. But you know what? God knows. And praying with the Spirit, God's given us a way to pray about things that are that we don't know about and that are not in our control and i mentioned that last week in fact he that prays in other tongues speaks not to men but to god first corinthians 14 2 says no man understands him however in the spirit he speaks divine secrets or amplified translation mentioned it last week he speaks secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. What would it be like to pray about things that are in your future that you don't know about? Do you think that could be cool? I promise you it is. Is everybody awake today? Are you glad you're here today? Number four of the ten things that praying in the Spirit will bring your life, it provides a way to charge yourself up spiritually. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Everybody say edifies. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, prophecy is inspired utterance. That is, words that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he said those are good, but he said, He that speaks in a tongue builds himself up. When you prophesy, when you speak under divine inspiration, you're speaking in other people to build up. But when you're praying in the Spirit, you build yourself up. And this word edify, in the original language, it's the same word used to build a house. You know, you you think of a house, you put the foundation, you build the frame, you put the roof on, then you build the walls in and all that. You're, You're building up. You're building an edifice. It's going up well in your spiritual life, When we pray in the Spirit, we're building ourselves up. And the best illustration that I've ever came up with for that is uh, your vehicle that you drive. There's an engine under that thing we call a hood. Or I think in other other, uh, cultures they call it a bonnet. But you raise the hood, there's the engine, and you've got a battery somewhere there, right? And then there are leads, I'm talking for those that really don't know what they're looking at. There, there are wires that go from the battery to other parts of the engine. There's, an, there's a device called an alternator. Everybody say alternator. That alternator turns when a belt turns. And that alternator produces energy. And so what does the alternator do? The entire time your engine's running, the alternator's charging the battery, sending a current to that battery uh, so that the next time you turn the key to turn your car on, it starts. Right? Without the alternator, your battery would go dead. If you've ever had alternator problems or lost, a, or lost one of the belts in your engine, you, you, you just lost the ability to start your car again, right? So that's what praying in the spirit does. It's like the alternator in your in your vehicle. It charges you spiritually. It's not a physical charge, it's a spiritual charge. How many know we expend energy just living life? Spiritual energy, just living life. We live in a fallen world. We've got challenges. We've got concerns. Uh you know, you got things that happen that are not in our control. There are things, and, and, they, and they eke away at our spiritual life. And they pull on us mentally, emotionally, physically, as well as they pull on us spiritually. How many know it takes spiritual energy to live? Yes or no? It takes spiritual energy, energy to say no to the flesh. And how many know if you're going to walk with God, you're going to say no a whole lot all day long? And if you don't say no a whole lot all day long, you're probably walking in the flesh. Yes? True? So, so, so even saying no, you know, eat that third bowl of ice cream. No! <laughs> Be angry with that person. No! Lust after that person. No! You know, say something you shouldn't say. No! Get back at that person. No! It takes energy to do that, right? You expend spiritual energy just living life. We expend spiritual energy from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. And, you know, just like the battery, if you, if you started your car with your battery and, and you didn't have an alternator to charge it up, well, eventually you'd go to turn the key and nothing would happen. And that's what happens to so many people's spiritual lives. They deplete and waste their spiritual energy just living life. And there's no resource to build it back up. How many know you build your, you build your spiritual life up with the Word? Is that true? Second way you, you build up your spiritual life is through prayer. Praying in the Spirit is a tremendous way to build yourself up spiritually. What happens uh, in your car if you leave the light on all night? What if you left your headlights on? I had somebody recently that left their a light on or a headlight on or something in their car up it was you, you know, and uh, depleted their battery and we had to jump the car, right? What happens when you leave the, well, the light on? The battery goes out. And so if you've got tremendous challenges and pressures in the last two and a half months, have we had some pressure? Has life been a challenge? Do we need to keep ourselves built up? Absolutely. How do you do that? One way is praying in the Spirit. Um, somebody asked the English evangelist, Smith Wigglesworth. He died in 1948, but he had 20-something people raised from the dead under his ministry and uh, had a tremendous healing ministry worldwide. His books are well-known by those that are in circles that we, uh, that we walk in. And uh, somebody asked him, what is the secret of your power? And what is the secret of the, of the energy you have when you preach? He said, well, I don't know. I, he just said, I get off by myself and I pray in the Spirit for a couple of hours. And then I get up in front of the people and, and then, uh, and, and then give, give them what God gave me while I was praying. Now, I took that as a young man. And I've been in ministry since 1981. I spend time every day praying in the Spirit for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it charges up my spiritual battery. And I found that I can resist the world, the flesh, the devil, the three enemies of the Christian life a whole lot easier if I'm in sync with the Father. How many hear me? And if I've been in His presence and if I've been praying in the Spirit. Let me say about praying in the Spirit, uh, sometimes you feel absolutely nothing when you're praying in the Spirit. And that's my experience. Sometimes I just get dry mouth, so I keep some water beside me and I just uh, wet my whistle every once in a while. I just drink some water. Cause I, and I don't feel a thing. But then after I pray, I don't know how many times that something's happened. Somebody's called. I've made connection with someone. And I needed to minister to someone. And I found something inside of me that rose up like a giant. It didn't come from me. It came from somebody bigger than me that I got in contact with by praying in the Spirit. How many hear me? Um, I've told you this many times. Sunday mornings I get up and usually I have two services and... Um, Mission field, sometimes I preach six, seven, eight hours a day. You know how you do that? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, it charges you up. I spent a couple hours this morning just upstairs in my little room praying in the Spirit. And uh, from five to seven this morning, that's what I did. And you know what? You can tell when you minister that He is there. How many hear me? Just makes that much difference. So take some time every day. Charge yourself up and pray in the spirit. Uh, Jude 20, but you beloved, building uh, up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's building you up on what you already know. It's building up your spiritual life. It's building up your spiritual nature when you pray in the spirit. The real us is spirit. The real me is spirit per is a spirit being. The real Mitch is a spirit. The real me will live for eternity. The real you will live for eternity. And the person that we want to, to, to answer the challenges that life brings is the person on the inside. And if we'll keep the person on the inside built up, how many know we'll be ready for the challenges that come? Yes or no? It's awesome. It's not a physical building up. It's a spiritual building up. I, I need to say that over and over again it 's something on the inside that changes number five, praying in the spirit provides a way to be refreshed spiritually it 's just another way of saying being built up this is isaiah twenty eight this is uh, this is seven hundred years be- before this was written or more isaiah twenty eight the prophet isaiah said twenty eight eleven for with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, and that 's a prophecy about what would happen in the book of Acts when the believers in the church age were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They would speak with stammering lips in another language. That's talking about praying in the Spirit, praying with other tongues. It's a, Bible, uh, it's a Bible-based thing that, we, that should be involved in every one of our lives. Yes or no? The prophet Isaiah mentioned it. And then he said to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. What is the rest? What is the refreshing? Praying in the Spirit. I get tired, and you get tired, and, you know, when you get tired, you want to sleep. Sometimes when I get tired, I I, I know it sounds funny, but I'll go take a walk and pray in the Spirit because I know if I'll get built up on the inside then when I do have time to sleep and rest, I'll be also rested on the outside. How many know you can rest on the outside, not be rested inside? And you're not refreshed. How many have ever woke up in the morning and you feel just as tired as you were when you went to bed? That may be a symptom that we're not built up as we need to be on the inside. So praying in the Spirit, it's a tremendous way to stay spiritually built up. Number six, praying in the Spirit magnifies God in your life. Acts 10, 46 Uh, Peter uh, in Cornelius' house, a Gentile's house. This is the first time in the Bible that uh, non-Jewish people received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Peter was preaching. They got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit right at the same time. And then it says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Did you know praying in the Spirit magnifies God? Have you ever played with a magnifying glass when you were a kid? What is a magnifying glass? do? What? It makes things bigger. I, I, I like binoculars. I have some binoculars. What do monoculars, binocular? Monoc, binoc, binoculars? <laughs> what do they do? They make things bigger. They make things closer. Magnifying glass makes things bigger. What, what happens when you magnify God? You make him bigger. What happens when you pray in the Spirit? Here's the deal with me in life. I want the person inside of me. I want the God that I serve to to be bigger in my life than the circumstances that I confront. How about you? And I found out if you'll just stay conscious of the fact that what the Bible says is true. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. How many believe the person in you is greater than any opposition that you face in life? How many believe that? Well, if you believe that, you know, it makes a big difference in life. So praying in the Spirit, he says, you speak with tongues and magnify God. I found it builds, builds up the person that I walk with, God, my heavenly Father, Jesus, my Savior, when I pray in the Spirit. And for me, as I've gone through life with all the you know, challenges that life brings, the problems that life brings, For me, the more I pray in the Spirit, the more it reminds me that the person on the inside of me is bigger than every challenge that I face. And sometimes you go through er uh, areas or eras of life and I'm telling you, you think, how can it get any worse? You ever thought that? How can this get any worse? How can problems, you know, get any larger? What else is going to happen? Have you ever had that happen to you in life? Well, you know what? If You'll spend some time every day praying in the Spirit. Listen, I have... Had times, and I've told you this many times, that it seemed like the easiest way out of my problems was to die. And I hope nobody ever gets to that place in life. I have been there. I know what that feels like. And when I was there, thank God that I had connection with the Lord. And uh, and and because I had been praying in the Spirit, when I got there and my mind said that, on the inside of, side of me, he said, Hush, you get up. And he told me what to do. You know what I found out? When you magnify God in your life by praying in the Spirit, I don't care where you're at, what the opposition may be, what the circumstances may be, if you know the person in you is greater than what you're facing, you're going to be okay. So, you know, for me, you know, listen, going through this we didn't know what was going to happen with victory church you know my lord what's what's going to happen with our church what's going to what's going to happen with all the things we do to help our community and and reach out to the world what's going to happen with all of this i have no guarantees nobody does and we don't know about the future but you know what i do know god and i do know he's bigger than this you know what if you'll take some time every day to pray and pray in the spirit it'll just put things in perspective and keep you calm how many hear me number seven uh praying in the spirit provides a way to offer praise and thanksgiving to god you, you ever wanted to say something you didn't know what to say you ever wanted to say something to god and just tell him how thankful you are that that he did this or that for you uh, a little story here I, Susan susan i uh, uh were out of town for a week and and just really glad i needed to take a break because i think i've been working harder since this thing broke out than uh Man, I, I work hard all the time, but it's like, man, I need a break. So, Susan and I, uh, one of our children moved, and so we went to help them move. I live in Alabama, and uh, and so we got there, and, and, you know, we hadn't eaten in a restaurant in two months, and I was wanting to eat in a restaurant. And this restaurant we went to, listen, it had been open for two days. <laughs> I won't tell you what I ate, but I'm going to tell you, it wasn't good, whatever it was. I, it tasted good. The end result was bad. I got food poisoning. So bad that, so bad that I got vertigo, I couldn't even get up. In fact, I went to get up and uh, my son-in-law had to grab me because I was walking around like a drunk man, trying to get around. And then, I won't tell you what else happened, but it all came out. I'll just say that. Thank God. But I got back to my room, you know, and, 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 you know, God healed me. I said, God, I need, I really, if you ever touch me, I need you right now. Because I was going to help them work on the house and stuff. And, you know, I won't tell all the details of that, but just to say that uh, he healed me. And I woke up the next morning completely well. And I didn't know what to say. I said, God, I, I just, uh, number one, thank you for health. If you're healthy, don't take for granted that you are. How many hear me? And I honestly I said I don't know what to say. I said, thank you. But that seems hollow. Thank you. I need something else. So I said, Lord, the best way I know to do it is just to pray in the spirit. I'm gonna give you thanks. And I just prayed in the spirit for a little bit, said thank you, thank you, thank you for healing me. Because I was reminded of 1 Corinthians fourteen sixteen, Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen in, at your giving of thanks? Since he does not understand what you say, he's talking about doing that publicly. He said, don't do it publicly, do it privately. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other person's not helped or edified. So what is that verse saying? That when you pray in the Spirit, you give thanks well. So I took some time. That was Saturday morning, and I said, Lord, thank you. And I prayed in the Spirit, thank you for healing me. Thank you for the provision of healing that Jesus provided us. And you know, it just met my need. You ever wanted to say something to the Lord and didn't know what to say? Praying in the Spirit is a great way to talk to Him. And you'll say everything that you wanted to say, even though you might not know what you're saying on the inside, you know you're satisfied. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. A lot of people give testimony to that, right? Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. A great way to do that is to do it by praying in the Spirit. Number eight, praying in the Spirit helps you control your tongue. How many know a lot of us need to control a mouth? James 3, 2, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word... He's a mature, perfect or mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. And there's again an analogy of a horse with a bridle in his mouth and you can turn him whichever way you, you pull the reins. So he says your tongue controls your life. Jesus said this in Matthew twelve thirty four, and he didn't mince words with religious people. You brood of snakes? Hopefully you won't have to say that to anybody. Jesus did. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So a great way to control your tongue is to pray in the Spirit. Now, I've been praying in the Spirit. This is my, I'm into my 40, what is this, 40, uh, 50, uh, almost 45 years of praying in the Spirit. And if you've ever had a potty mouth, I, I, I used to have a bad one. Not just saying slang curse words. But also talking about people behind their back. Saying things that should not be said. uh, uh, Snide remarks that don't need to be said to people. To put them in their place. To make make me look better than them. That's pride, y'all. And my mouth was a mess when I came to Jesus. And I went through the whole book of Proverbs. And looked up words, speech, tongue. those, those, Those particular words. And just looked up all the verses about words. And found out my mouth is bad. And I found out when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, if I'll just take some time every day to pray in the Spirit, it helps clean up your speech. I wasn't a week after I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I was working in a grocery store, and I hurt my foot. I dropped a number two can, big can, big can of beans on my big toe. It hurt. And guess what come out of my mouth? Well, I can't say it because I don't curse. But it wasn't good. <laughs> it's what I did as a sinner. I would just say, I would just curse my Lord. That thing hit my foot and just automatic. And you know what I found out? Number one, I'm changed. Because that word came from my head, not my heart. And when it came out of my mouth, I said, God, I'm sorry. And the next thing I did was, who heard me? And thank God nobody was in the back room that day. But you know, it taught me that, you know, if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, how many know He can clean up your language? Let me just say this. If your language is not cleaned up, I question who dwells in you. You hear me? I'm not talking just about cursing. I mean, I've heard Christians recently say words that I would never say. And I'm thinking, how can they say those words with conscience? You can't. Something's wrong with conscience if you can say things that I hear from some people's mouths. How many hear me? And the Holy Spirit has an uncanny way of cleaning up your speech. So if you've got the problems that I've had in my life, cry out, say, God, help me with my words. Help me with my speech. Help me with how I say what I say. Help me with the stinging things I say to put others in their place because I need to make myself look better than others. And you know what? You'll find out if you'll just take some time and pray in the Spirit, that's one of the ways He will help you because it will remind you that somebody bigger than you and holier than you lives in you. Right? Number nine, praying in the Spirit provides a way for to pray God's perfect will. Romans eight twenty six and 27. I'm going to take some time here. I'm about to close. Everybody okay? I've been taking a little bit longer to speak since nobody's been in the room. And we've had one service. So give me some... Y'all okay? You got grace to hear? You want me to quit? Okay, good. Thank you. This is Passion Translation. These three verses actually go together. And we only usually just read two, but all three go together. And this is Romans eight twenty six through twenty eight. I love the way this translation says this, because it says everything the Greek language says. It's just wonderful. Likewise, he says, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit... Uh, I don't think I put this in the notes, did I? Did I? No, I didn't. I didn't think so. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. So he's addressing the weakness we all have. All of us sometimes don't know what to pray, right? And so he's, he's, he's talking about that. And he says, or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us. I love this, to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional size too deep for words. Now, when he says emotional t- size too deep for words, It's really talking about praying in the Spirit. Uh, However, there's not often emotion with it. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Then he says, God, the searcher of the hearts, verse 27, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, watch, in perfect harmony with God's plan." in our destiny. How many think the best way to pray would be if you knew how to pray God's plan into manifestation in your life or in someone else's life. Would that be the best way to pray? Pray. Would that be and and in harmony with a person's destiny? Would that be the best way to pray? And then verse 28 says, "So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan." of bringing good into our lives. We are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. So every detail of life is woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. How is every detail of your life woven together to fit into what God has planned for you. Well, the first two verses we just read, verse 26 and verse 27 says, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. We don't know how to pray as we should, but he helps us pray by praying in the Spirit. And then when we pray in the Spirit, verse 27 says, we're praying the perfect Will of God, and then because we're praying the perfect will of God when we're praying in the Spirit, then it causes the circumstances of life to work out. Now that's amazing. Now, if we had time, I could keep you here another hour, but I won't. Naturally and spiritually, I've had this workout. Listen to this 1989, I was still 30 years of age. I turned 31 in October. This is May of 1989. I was pretty much. Uh, uh, minding my own business and I woke up one day and as was my custom, I prayed in the spirit for about an hour. And, and several days in a row, I mean for a good while, a week or two weeks or so, I would pray and then I kept getting this urge. I had started a church in a small town in South Carolina and we were trying to buy a house. Somebody had I had uh, sold a house we had owned in Tulsa and I spent the proceeds of this house starting a church. And I spent it all, I didn't have any money left. And if you've never started a church, you'll find out what kind of faith you got if you start a church by yourself. And I did. So I spent all my money. But somebody came and said, I want to give you a down payment on the house. I said, say that again. And they said, well, I want to give you a down payment on the house. I said, that sounds good. (laughs) Let's go find a house, Susan. So we looked around for a house near where the church was. And and everything we looked at, we didn't. I always looked. Susan knows everything. I knew nothing. She's the smartest person in my world. So Susan kept saying, this ain't the one, this ain't the one. I said, okay, okay, okay. And I felt that same way, you know. And then after praying, I felt, I kept feeling, go to your home. My hometown was 32 miles from the church. Go to your hometown, get a realtor, and find a house. And I'd pray, and I kept feeling, man, this is the weirdest thing. I ought to have a house where my church is, but I'm here and go 32 miles away. I told Susan, she said, okay. So we found a realtor. And we got to looking at houses. Bottom line, we found this one house. It was a good-sized house for us. And then while I was praying, one morning I got up and, and I heard the words, I want you to offer X dollars for this house. And and according to the square foot, it was $25 a square foot. That's El Tipo. You don't buy a house for $25 a square foot. That's what the math worked up to. I called the realtor, and I said, well, we looked in such and such a house. I got this price. I want to offer such and such. And she laughed, <laughs> there's no reason to call. They'll never take that. I said, are you required by law to, to make an offer that I give you to the person that I own? She said, well, yes, I am. I said, well, I want you to do that. And that was uh, one night. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I didn't hear from her that night. But then the next morning, I got a call at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. And my realtor said, well, I did what you said. And she said, "I, I, I offered, made the offer on the house to the owner. And they laughed at me that night. But just this morning, I got a call from the owner. And they accepted your offer. Now, if I'd had false teeth, they'd have been on the floor. Thank God they were hooked in. I'm telling you. I said, there is a God in heaven. Look at this. To myself. I prayed in the Spirit, and God gave me that. What I'm trying to tell you is natural things and spiritual things. Praying in the Spirit will change life. 1993, the second Monday of 1993. Uh, I know that because uh, uh, the second Sunday we had, a, we had a, a party at church, you know, Christmas party and such, and that next morning I was tired, got up, had to go to work, church, and anyway, uh, I was, uh, you know, praying and all that. And I'd prayed in the Spirit about an hour. Then I took a shower and I was shaving. And, you know, so I'm standing in front of the mirror shaving. And I'm shaving, you know, and, you know, wiping off the shaving stuff. And, and, and while I'm shaving, here's what I heard. You need to go check your oil. I just kept shaving. I heard that again. You need to go check your oil. Now, I'd just been praying in the Spirit for an hour. I'm shaving, you know. What? You need to go check your oil. I said, I've never checked here's what I said. I've never checked my oil on a Monday morning in my whole life at seven o'clock in the morning. Never. And I kept shaving, you know, washed my face off, you know, washed all the, rest of the residue off. And I kept hearing uh, check your oil, brush my teeth. Check your oil, got stronger. I said, well, well just let me get my britches on. So I, you know, got dressed and got my clothes on, put my shoes on. Y'all, I went outside. We had a van. I raised the hood on the van. We bought the thing brand new. It was several years old. I opened the hood, and when I pulled the dipstick out, guess what I found? Sludge. Oil and water had mixed. Oh, yeah. My head gasket had burst on the engine. Oil and water, that'll ruin your engine. I said, and you know what I said, well, you know things I don't know. <laughs> Duh. I mean, y'all, I made a beeline. I knew where a mechanic was just a couple of miles away. I uh, took it to the mechanic. He saw what I saw, and he 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 said, "I can repair this. You got to have a new head gasket." You know what he said? If you'd have driven this any further, you would have damaged the main the main uh, seals in the engine, and you would have ruined your engine. And you had to have a new engine. And because God told me, it only cost me $440. So I thought, well, that's a pretty good deal, God. Thank you. I'm just trying to tell you that natural things and spiritual things. When you're praying in the Spirit, God will talk to you about all kinds of things. I've got all these examples that I just don't have time to talk about today. 1984, I'm a janitor in a church in Oklahoma. There's 5,000 people in the church. And here's the associate pastor. I'm praying in the Spirit every morning. And then when he comes by me and he comes into the office, I get there earlier than everybody and I'm praying. I look at him, and the first thing I hear is, you're going to have his job. I said, oh, my Lord, I'm full of pride. Then the next day, I got up, prayed in the Spirit, and I saw him again, and and I heard, you'll have his job. He was the associate pastor of this big old church. You're going to have his job. It happened every day. Every time he walked by me, you'll have his job. I said, oh, Jesus. I'm full of pride, oh God. I'm just a 25-year-old man, and I'm so full of pride to think that I'm gonna have the associate pastor's job. How stupid can I be? I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. I told Susan, something's wrong with me. Pray for me. Every time so and so comes by me, associate pastor, I hear I'm gonna have his job. Something, please pray for. Her. I told my best friend. After work, we went to jog. I said, Please pray for me. I'm full of pride. Something tells me I'll have so and so's job, something's wrong. And you know what happened six months later? The pastor called me and said, So-and-so resigned. I I want you to take his place counseling i didn't get the associate pastor part i didn't want that but i did what he did he counseled god showed me that seven months before it happened isn't that amazing i don't know about you but that when you have things like that happen in your life you can't tell me that this isn't real how many hear me and you've heard my story here 2000 and i'll stop with this 2013 we were on aversboro road in fact let me listen to this i got all kinds of stories In 2001, in 2000, the year 2000, the the, the Christmas present the bank gave me was December 24th, the year 2000. The bank called me. We had bought land where we built the other building on Aversboro Road. And uh, we had bought the land and and cleared the trees and, you know, got it all ready and did all the the land preparation and such. And uh, and we had entered into contract uh, with a steel company to, uh, to uh, manufacture the steel. It was a steel building, the infrastructure. And uh, and it would take, you know, six, seven months for the steel to, to be made and the, the steel building to be manufactured. And then they would deliver it where they were supposed to deliver it in January. And so the bank calls me and the bank's going to loan me all this money. You know, we had money in savings and such. We've been raising funds and such. But we needed a little bank loan to, you know, shore up and finish the building. Bank calls me December 24th. Says, well, Pastor Horton, I just want to let you know, we're not going to be able to loan you the money. you got to raise X number of dollars. Well, that ruined my Christmas. And I said, well, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Then beyond that, so, so we went through Christmas. You know, January comes, mid-January. Here comes a big old truck, several trucks, and they deliver the steel. Where do you want the steel? Well, put it right there on the property. 30 days from then, I've got to have the money to pay for the steel. We put 10% down. And I didn't have it, because the bank wouldn't loan me the money. I said, something's wrong. What am I gonna do now? You ever had your back against the wall? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do now? What am I... so I'm praying in the spirit, God? You know, you know all things. I need an answer. I need to know what to do. No kidding. I pray in the spirit one Friday morning. I pray in the spirit. I'm in my office, I pray in the spirit. And for whatever reason, I grabbed yellow pages. You remember yellow pages? I don't know why, I just grabbed the yellow pages. I said, Well, The banker told me, he told me what the problem was. I said, well, I need to find someone that can help me build this building. I'm not going to tell you the whole problem. And I said, I got to find somebody else. No kidding. I took the yellow pages, opened it up, opened it up to contractors. And and I saw this business, uh, ARKS, A-R-K-S. It was an acronym for something. And and I saw a name, Robert Knowles. And I I said, well, that that looks good. And I wrote it on a piece of paper. On a, on a sticky, yellow sticky. And I stuck it on my desk. And I said, well, I'm not going to call this guy today. It was Friday. I'm going to wait the weekend. Waited the weekend, you know, and, and Monday came. And then uh, I said, well, you know, that bank said they wouldn't loan me the money. They got to do me better. They got to tell me why. And so I said, Mr. Banker, I called his name. I said, I, I, he was the associate vice president of whatever the bank. I said, I need to come in and talk to you. I, I just can't accept that. You know, we don't have the funds, the things necessary for you to loan us money. He said, well, you can come in and talk to him. So I went in talked to him, gave him all of our financial data, which we always took good care of and such. And uh, we were sitting there, and he looked at that. No, listen to this. Now, this is supernatural. He said, well, you got, y'all got this much money with this man." I said, yes. He said, I'll tell you what. I got a friend of mine. If you can get him on your side. You got all the money you need from this bank. I said, what's his name? He said, Robert Knowles. I like to fell out the chair. Because I got that from the phone book the Friday before. You know, and you know what? 55 minutes later, Robert, he's one of my board members now. He was in my office and we had a hallelujah hoedown. We prayed and praised and worshiped. And, and he overtook the project and we got the building built. Isn't that amazing? Now, I could tell you stories like that all day long. That's supernatural. How many hear me? So do you want to live a supernatural life? Do you want God involved in your children, your grandchildren, your marriage, your job, your finances, your circumstances, your future, your present? Huh? Now, if you'll take some time to pray in the Spirit, you know what you'll find out? All things work together and are fitting a pattern for good. How many hear me? So you know what I know? I don't care what happens worldwide. I don't care how many pandemics happen. You know what? If we'll pray and spend some time every day praying in the Spirit, God will do amazing things because He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. How many believe that?